Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Welcome to Your Retirement Unbroken with your host, Merritt Strunk. Merritt is a licensed fiduciary and financial advisor who always places your needs first. Merritt works hard each day to educate Americans like you on how to reach the financial freedom they've worked so hard for, and he can help you too. So now, let's start the show. Here's Merritt Strunk. All right, welcome again to the Retirement Unbroken Show. I'm your host, Merritt Strunk, and I am the founder and president of Momentum Financial and Insurance Services. And today for the show, we have Matt McClure, producer. What's going on, Matt? Hey there, Merritt. I am great, uh, doing fantastic today, as a matter of fact. How are you? Oh, I too am fantastico. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on here, but first we want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, being here on the show. Appreciate that. Uh, you could be doing any number of things, but you're here uh, filling yourself with knowledge and information. And that brings us to the mission. The mission, why are you here and what are we trying to accomplish? We want to transform our listeners into more educated, more equipped, and financially savvy individuals so that they can make better financial decisions for their future. Each episode, we're trying to awake your mind and your spirit and give you tools and information that can, so you can act with intention so that you can unlock what is possible in your financial future. And look, if you've never been to our website, go to www.retirementunbroken.com. And at the top, you can see our phone number. And also, there's a button there that says complimentary consultation. Look, if uh, this is right for you, then respond to us. Let us know. We'd love to talk to you. I talk to everybody who responds to that myself. And we'll do a comprehensive full retirement plan consultation with you. There is no obligation. You only work with us if it's best with you. We'll help you analyze your specific financial situation. We'll help you um, look closely at different policies you have, different investment accounts. You have a 401k, IRA, other retirement savings accounts. We can uh, also talk to you about Social Security planning and Medicare. And we're going to hit a little bit on that uh, later on in the show here. We're going to be talking about the Medicare situation. And we'll compare your current situation to what's possible if you work with us. Look, if you haven't heard from your financial advisor lately with all this stuff going on, please reach out to us and get a second opinion. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, one of our listeners uh, called in and also sent us an email. And, um, you know, she she was of an age, it didn't quite make sense to, to have all the risks that she did. And she said, look, you know, my uh, Roth IRA that I had a certain amount in is now so much lower. I've called this big company. I've called this big company and I can't reach anybody. She go and she was very irritated. She just, it makes me sick. I'm so mad. And I'm like, well, you're right. That is not the way it should be. And unfortunately, we do hear that a lot. Let's take a look at it. And we'll tell you what you need to know. Quick question. I said, did you lose somewhere between 16% or more uh, in the market recently? She said, yes. And I'm like, all right. And I knew instantly at her age, this is a, a little bit higher risk than what she would probably need unless there are other circumstances come into play here. Uh, so please do that. Get a second opinion. Get the information you need. It can only help you. Knowledge is power. Okay, we're going to hop into the market update. Boy, there's a lot going on. That was a that was a tough deal uh, that we just went through. So what happened was uh, inflation and news about inflation kind of rocked the stock market, and they're concerned that the Fed will go more hawkish than what the market is expecting. And the the market was expecting uh, somewhat of a lower inflation rate. Uh, inflation reading and report. And uh, unfortunately, it got the opposite. It was higher than expected. And so that did rock the market. So the major stock market indices held their uh, morning gains, but not by much, actually. It was just very modest. And so in the afternoon trading on Wednesday, uh, held near the the highs of the day. Investors are seeing a kind of mild day after the massive sell-off yesterday, and it was the worst day in the market since June 2020. So the Nasdaq uh, added about 0.7, upwards near a point, while the S&P gained a 0.34. Nothing to write home about. The Dow Jones Industrial inched up a 0.10%. Small caps held their own, the Russell 2000. Index was uh, 0.080. Uh, again, 
nothing to grab a letter and write home about. The major indexes remain below their 50-day moving average after sinking below them yesterday, and that was the big sell-off day um, relative to our recording date here. So stock market squeezes out small gains, and gas sees some strength. So crude oil rebounded 2.4%, trading at $89.41 a barrel. The Spider Energy ETF, that's XLE, added about 3.3%. Natural gas gained up to 6.2% on anticipated tight gas supplies going into winter in uh, the possible railroad strike. The railroad strike. Have you heard heard about that? All of a sudden, with everything going on, all the folks on the railroad think it's a pretty good time to go on strike. And they're probably right. They're going to get some attention here um, related to that. It's an amazing amount of goods and certain, you know, goods that are being um, distributed through railroad. Uh, the markets project about a 74% chance that the Fed will raise interest rates by 75 basis points at this month's meeting. And 26% of the traders expect 100 basis points hike. Mm, okay, so it's 74 or 26, 26% something of 100 basis points hike. That's 1%. The source for that information is the CME Group's FedWatch, okay? So that uh, that's as much as we're going to go into, into that, but um, we are going to kind of decipher inflation and market fluctuation in just a second here. But right, right before we do that, hey, Matt, what is the financial wisdom quote of the week? And now for some financial wisdom, it's time for the quote of the week. Oh, I've got a good one for you this week here, uh, Merritt. It's uh, from actually Dave Ramsey, uh, the, who is, you know, another financial type guy who uh, knows a little thing or two about, especially, you know, getting out of debt, staying within your means, right? And so uh, here is the quote that comes from Dave Ramsey this week, and it is, it is human nature to want it and want it now. It's also a sign of immaturity. Being willing to delay pleasure for a greater result is a sign of maturity. Act your mm. wage, not act your age, but mm-hmm. act your wage. That kind of right. goes against my uh, quote from last week, I think, uh, which wasn't the official quote. It was the unofficial quote of the week, which is basically, to paraphrase, give me the money now. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we were talking about Social Security and about electing at the earliest age of 62. And then and your thought was, yes, want money now. I love Dave Ramsey, and I, I I love his down home financial advisors. Not a lot to argue with there, like I've said before. And um, I, I love it when he says, you know, you live like nobody else, so that later on you can live like nobody else. Yeah. And um, some of those things that he says, uh, if you're in debt, you you sell everything that's not nailed down, <laughs> and you eat beans and rice. You know, and I I, I get it. Get out of debt. Get get away with that. Um, because we talked about Jim Rohn a, a couple of. Um, Shows ago, I want to this. This one reminds me about Jim Rohn. I'm just going to share his quote again, and and it just I don't know. It just coming to my mind over and over again. And you know, you talked about delayed gratification, mm. right? Being mature and act your wage. Delayed gratification, you know, a strategic uh, frontal lobe cerebellum sort of strategic thought process, right? Don't spend everything you've got. Don't go into debt spending, right? That just makes sense. So, Dave. Uh, Jim Rohn had said a quote that I just love. Uh, and he said something like, we must all suffer one of two types of pain. The, the pain of discipline, which is what Ramsey is saying, uh, or the pain of regret and disappointment. So if you suffer the pain of discipline now, you pay yourself first. You invest. You keep a strategic long thought about your wealth management. You don't go into debt. You do all those great things that we should do. So it's the pain of discipline now so that you keep away from the pain of regret and disappointment. And one of those could be you're living off Social Security or that you don't even have Social Security. So you want to keep away from that scenario by doing what you need to do. Now, I just love talking to our listeners that are in their 20s, they're young folks, and they're doing it. They're putting away money. They're systematically investing. They're growing their wealth. They're watching their debt. I just love that because I know when we do the projections, I see them having an extraordinarily amount of wealth in the future if they continue to do these things, right? 
So they're delaying instant gratification. Very unlike California-ish, right? <laughs> Very un-California-ish. What, delay? Instant <laughs> gratification? Not spend, 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 paycheck to paycheck? Are you kidding me? No. And in no. their 20s, for heaven's sake. That's a, I wish I knew uh, that and, and, and practiced that when I was in my 20s, for crying out loud. Right. Right. Absolutely. So they're doing what they got to do. So right now I'm going to try to decipher what's going on with this market fluctuation, the big sell off yesterday and, and related to inflation. Basically, the economy and the employment situation has been strong, runaway strong. But at the same time, the government policies and runaway spending, deficit spending, turning on the printing press, those in combination have led to inflation, things costing more things costing more. And it's one of the biggest things that can derail a retirement, even a retirement that's not yet reached because it's costing you more. It costs you more for everything you need to do. And I always call inflation as the secret partner that erodes your retirement dollar. So this, these, these stats I'm going to share with you on the show today come from the U S Bureau of labor statistics. The annual inflation rate in the U.S. eased for the second straight month to 8.3 uh, in August of 2022 here, the lowest in four months from 8.5 in July. But above, that's the problem, is that, that comes in above the market forecast of 8.1. People wanted to see it lower. The energy index for inflation increased 23.8% below the 32 0.9% in July, still 23.8% for energy inflation. Eouch. Eouch. Right. It's that's uh, hurting even more so in the California market where I believe it's between four and 9%. There's an astronomical percentage increase in your energy costs. So when folks come home, they come home, do not wash the clothes, do not run the air conditioning. They're there, you know, unless they want to pay, you know, uh, exponentially higher percentage of uh, energy costs. Okay. Um, smaller increases were reported for gasoline uh, costs, 25.6 versus 44. And uh, fuel oil, uh, which, you know, the Northeast uses fuel oil, 68.8 versus 75.6. Um, natural gas, uh, up a little bit, 33% versus the 30.5%. So natural gas has gone up. And my personal feeling on that, it will continue to go up. We're exporting over to Europe and to Germany while Russia has turned off the Nord Stream pipeline. Costs are going to go up in electricity, 15.8%, the highest since August 1981. 1981. Electricity inflation, 15.8%, the highest since the 80s. Wow. On the other hand, inflation rose for food, 11.4, the most since 1979. Food inflation, highest since 1979. And shelter, that means home, 6.2, the most since 1984. Uh, an interesting one, used cars and trucks, inflation is 7.8. So compared to the previous month, consumer prices were up 0.1% following a flat reading in July and compared to the forecast of a... Uh, a forecast ex expectation of 0.1% drop. So we didn't see that and that's what happened. So um, the Fed's mandate is around controlling inflation and employment. So the administration has turned on the printing presses, that's deficit spending. And the latest inflation bill that they just passed is anything but that. It, you, you, it's like writing a bill that says we're going to mitigate the heat and uh, the the spiciness of um, jalapenos. We're, and you say, this is the bill to decrease the spiciness of jalapenos, and yet jalapenos are spicy. You could just name it whatever you want. It's just not going to happen. Uh, give a pretty, you know, it's putting lipstick on a pig is what this is because the latest inflation bill they passed is about taxes and the IRS. We talked about that on a show before. They get you know, the, the the funding for eighty seven thousand new employees for the IRS, and of course they're going to have nothing to do, right? There's no, no this isn't about taxes. We're not going to increase taxes, are we? We're just hiring an army for the uh, IRS. 
This comes from an article from the BudgetSenate.gov ranking member uh, newsroom. According to the CBO, that's the Congressional Budget Office. In the past, by the way, I've mispronounced that. I said Congressional Business Office. I think it's the Congressional Budget Office. Their analysis, okay, according to them, that's the source for this. The proposal or the the bill on this, um, you know, the inflation bill is negligible at the very best. The estimates range from reducing inflation by 0.1, so not even a 1%, not even, I mean, we're talking tenths of a percent, to increasing it, increasing inflation. This was a bill that's called it's going to counteract inflation. It turns out it's not really, and it actually could increase inflation 0.1% in the near term. This is from the Congressional Budget Office. The idea that this tax and spend proposal is going to blend inflation um, is yet again rejected by the CBO. Interesting. Okay, so what we've learned today from the CBO, the bill does not lower inflation. It hurts economic growth. Okay, so the Fed is, there again, their mandate, lower inflation, address uh, unemployment. And the, what they're doing right now is they're drying up liquidity. They raise lending rates. It's going to dry up the ability. Money, borrowing money is more expensive. If I'm a corporation, I want to expand operations and I want to invest in new things or uh, employ more people. And borrowing money to do those things so I can grow is becoming more expensive. I may not do that. So inflation economy, I mean, sorry, economy and production is contracting. That's a recession, right? So we're going to recess that. Um, and they're dumping off corporate bonds off its balance sheet. So they're throwing them back. So to bring down inflation, it's not going as quickly as they thought, as we just covered. And my opinion is that they should have started much earlier, but it was politically not... Um, acceptable at that time to do that and they didn't want to rock the boat but now look they they've, they kicked the can down the road and now we got to do it and they may go more draconian than the market wants them to do everybody expects 70 base 75 basis points they may come in like we talked about there's a you know a little little over a quarter of traders who think that's going to come in at one um, percent so the market was expecting less inflation. The market dropped. The, the stock market dropped, as we said, yesterday. And in some way, that was the fear that the Fed will go stronger, more hawkish. Okay. So if the market's going down and, and the Fed is going stronger, is there uh, some way to interpret this as what are your opportunities? I think it's a great question for folks listening here. What are the opportunities in this? Are there any opportunities in this? So what I would say is review your risk tolerance and your risk exposure of your investments. If you're older, you're in pre-retirement or retirement, and you look at your investments and you said you suffered somewhere in the range of a 16% to an 18% today, year to date, um, the market's down S&P 500 to date, that means you've got 100% exposure to market volatility to the downside of market decrease. And you've got to ask yourself, is that appropriate? Is that needed? And then you have to ask yourself is why I'm, am I in that position? Why am I in that position that I've lost a hundred, I've kept step with a hundred percent of that market down uh, downside. And I would submit to you that, um, that's probably unnecessary. There's a very good chance it's unnecessary. So we've spoken before here as a smart inspection and smart review. Get a smart inspection, a smart review. Get an unbroken retirement review of your current situation and make sure that you don't have unnecessary risk in your plan and your investments. It's not cool. It's no bueno. The other one is tax loss harvesting. For some people, this is going to be a new concept. For other people, they totally got it. And um, yeah, inflation is out of your control, but your taxes may not. So we can control what we can control, right? So high inflation impacts savings and the real value of money and potentially limiting your ability to save and plan for retirement. Okay, did you get that? Potentially limiting your ability to save and for retirement if you're spending more money on everything. But what about the impact of taxes layered on top of an additional annual cost? So while you can't control that inflation, you can control 
how much exposure to your tax bill, right? And that's good for your health. So we often use tax managed portfolios that aim to provide tax alpha to a portfolio. That's probably, you know, for a lot of folks, that's like, whoa, I, the, you said some stuff there. That's pretty weird. What are you, what are you talking about? Tax managed portfolios, portfolios that are, are aimed at uh, mitigating taxes in the way that it's managing and the movement of the holdings inside of that, we can provide alpha, which is positive gain to the portfolio. So less taxes paid on the gains is more gain you keep. It's just math. You pay less in taxes, you get to keep more. Okay. So people who who don't have tax wise or tax managed portfolios end up paying more taxes on their gains. I hope that makes sense. In tax loss harvesting processes, there's about three steps here or so. So selling securities that have lost value, mm, selling when you're down, doesn't sound good. Want to walk away. I'm confused, Merritt. What are you talking about? Okay. Well, that's with a mind that you have gains too, someplace else. So you can you can sell a uh, position where you've lost value using the capital gains loss to offset capital gains on other sales where you may have gained. So replacing an investment where you've exited with a similar, but not too similar, that's the catch there, investment to maintain the desired investment exposure. You're exiting and re-entering at a lower price. You may be taking a loss or you may be taking a gain and we're just going to wash it. We're going to wash it. So there's an opportunity. So an opportunity for your risk review, a smart inspection, and then also an opportunity to uh, do tax loss harvesting. And by the way, when you have losses, you can carry over those losses for a certain period of time. So you can do that and you can use that on your taxes um, in, in uh, future years. So if you're surprised at the loss of your investments, then something's not right. Give us a call. Go to our website. The phone number is 858-521-9700, or you can click the button there. It says complimentary consultation. And if you don't have active tax loss harvesting going on in your account, call us to discuss it to see if it's a uh, appropriate strategy for you and that you can get tax alpha, which is percentage gained by having to pay less taxes. If you like um, one of these shows, like a lot of other of our, our listeners, and um, like the lady that called up that was just spitting mad, my mom used to say, I'm so mad I can spit. She was spitting mad. I'm so mad I could spit. I could hear my mom saying that. Um, that's probably because I, I did something wrong when I was a kid. I frequently did that. I love my mom. She is a fantastic mom. Um, thank you, mom. Thousand hugs and kisses. You're the best. Um if you're if you're frustrated that your big financial companies they're not calling you back, you can't get a hold of them. You've lost money. Figure out what's going on. It's just a smart move for you to do. And that brings us to the end of our first segment here. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back. And when we do, we're going to talk about smart health and what is smart health in retirement. And there's some things you got to know because it could be rather complicated. So uh, call us, you know, join us back again. And you can go to our website, www.retirementunbroken, and check us out. You're listening to Your Retirement Unbroken. To schedule your free, no obligation consultation with Merit, visit retirementunbroken.com. Social Security will get a big cost of living adjustment next year, but there could be some consequences you might not have considered. I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. A new report by the Senior Citizens League says Social Security beneficiaries could see a cost of living adjustment, or COLA, as high as 10.1% next year. The reason? Inflation running at a 40-year high. This is a very, very unusual and unprecedented pattern. Uh, of inflation that we're experiencing. Mary Johnson with the nonprofit group told WFTS-TV that surveys show inflation has caused about half of Americans to spend their emergency savings and people are carrying more debt on their credit cards. So the highest jump in Social Security payments since 1981 would be a good thing, right? Well, Johnson says it's better than no increase, but there are some things to be aware of. 
in fact, you can get penalized. If you think your tax liability is going to be 10% more next year than you're paying now, you could be penalized if you don't send in estimated payments or have more money withheld. She told the TV station the increase would not be enough to cover a jump in Medicare Part B premiums, which are taken directly out of Social Security checks. And she says higher incomes mean some seniors could no longer be eligible for some other government benefits. And then a whole 15 percent were made ineligible because they were their incomes increased over the income limit for food stamps or rental subsidies or the programs um, in their area. So what should you do? Johnson says prepare now. Talk to a financial advisor to help you get ready ahead of time and contact local nonprofits if you need help paying bills. So are you prepared for the unintended consequences of a larger Social Security check? That's a key question to consider as inflation impacts all our lives. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. Welcome back again to the Retirement Unbroken radio show and podcast. I am Merritt Strunk, and we just uh, got through talking about and deciphering and unpacking the inflation and uh, that we're experiencing in the United States and also how that's in- impacted the market recently of the recent very large sell-off. And we also talked about what those opportunities could be for you. So um, if you want to check that out, like I said, give us a call, go to our website. Okay, so the next one we're going to talk about, it's a, such a huge deal. It really is for people. And for, for the younger folks on here, it may not be yet, you know, if you're not looking at retirement, then it may not be something that you need to be concerned. However, you'll be fun at parties and you could provide some real value to your parents as they uh, enter this situation here. So we're going to be talking about what is smart health. All right, we're going to be talking about Medicare and make sense of the different parts and options that are available to people. So how big of a deal is this? So um, there are, according to the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare 2020 here, more than 61 million Americans are covered by Medicare healthcare plans right now. Okay, let's just say it's a big deal. 61 million Americans and healthcare is a big deal. So four out of five, I'm sorry, four out of 10 Medicare consumers are also enrolled in what's called Medicare Advantage. That little stat right there comes from the Kaiser Foundation, uh, Family Foundation in 2021. And then of a survey that uh, single care, um, Medicare survey in, in 2022 did 65% of respondents said that they would not know which parts of Medicare they should enroll in. And I'll just tell you, it's confusing. It is confusing. Do I do what's on television that, that, that Joe Namath is talking about? It's Joe Namath, right? (laughs) Is it Matt? Isn't that Joe Namath on the television? There's Joe Namath. Isn't there one too with the guy from uh, one of the guys from good times? I feel like kid dynamite. Yeah. Dynamite (laughs) that. Yeah. I can't, I see that one all the time too. (laughs) Yeah. And they're, they're rotating those. And so, you know, should they do that? Um, And so uh, for 2022, 2022 Medicare beneficiaries have access 39 Medicare advantage Program so there's, so there's 39 different Medicare Advantage programs out there, and that that stat comes from the Kaiser Family Foundation as well. So, um, 89% of Medicare Advantage plans offered in uh, 2022 include a prescription drug drug coverage. Uh, same same data, and 18.5 of the U.S. population is on uh, Medicare. So it, let's just say that's close to 20%. So clearly, guys, this is important for you. Those of you who have never even you don't talk about Medicare, you don't think about Medicare. What happens when you're through working and you retire, the government's uh, insurance plan, so you no longer have private industry, um, you know, uh, employer plan. Now you are on uh, the government insurance plan, which is called Medicare. And um, because of that, super important. So let's try to unpack what those different parts of this is. The first one is Medicare Part A. And that's also known as hospital insurance. So that covers inpatient hospital stays, skilled nursing facility care. And by the way, there's some ins and outs of that stuff. Hospice care and some home health care. OK, 
Okay. There's ins and outs of those things and you have to understand them. So for instance, I believe one of those uh, gotchas is if you went to the hospital and you were staying there for, for some time and then you needed, um, you know, rehabilitation or you needed a skilled nursing facility right after that to, to recover. If you simply got, um, you know, you checked out of the hospital and went home and then you said, you know what, I, 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 I'm not able to be at home. I, I think I need some, uh, you know, some rehabilitative care. Now it's too late. Now Medicare won't cover that. You're supposed to go from the hospital room to that rehabilitation place. But if you checked out and you didn't go there right away, then Medicare is not going to cover that. That is my understanding. So it's a tr bit of a tricky road. You've got to know the rules. And believe me, all these hospitals and doctors, office, they know the rules. Yeah. You always have to get things checked out first before you make a move. And that particular part, I will say from just because my dad spent a lot of time in the hospital last year uh, before he he passed away earlier this year. And and that was he was going to go into a rehabilitation facility and all of that. That's absolutely true. If he were to go directly there, fine, check out, check back in. No, that that's it. So that's true from personal experience here on my part. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Matt. And yeah, I've seen it in real life as well. Um, and it's possible you could get hospice care, but they're not going to provide the same thing. If you if you go home and get hospice care, it's not going to do the same thing as the real rehabilitation sort of thing. Uh, if you get part A, it's premium free. You can get it premium free at, at 65 years old if, capital I-F, you or your spouse paid Medicare taxes for a certain amount of time while you were working. You already get retirement benefits from Social Security or the Railroad Retirement Board. You know, that's a, we're talking about a very small percentage of the population of the Railroad Retirement Board. They've just been around in America forever, so there's special things that go on with the Railroad Retirement folks. Um, you are eligible for retirement benefits but haven't filed yet, or you or your spouse have uh, had Medicare coverage government employment, Okay. So that brings us to Medicare Part B. Part B uh, is known as medical insurance. And by the way, you can find this off Medicare.gov. It's known as medical insurance, and it covers certain doctors, services, outpatient care, medical supplies, and preventative services. So some people automatically get B, but others may have to enroll. You could be subject to a late enrollment fee if you don't sign up for Part B when you first become eligible. So there's there's this open eligibility enrollment period that happens every year. Got to pay attention to that. However, unlike Part A, you will definitely pay a premium for Part B. Part A, you may not have to pay a premium. Part B, you definitely have to pay a premium. And if you have this, you know that. You go to the doctor, you got to pay your premiums for that. So Part B premiums are typically deducted from your Social Security benefits. So if you're getting Social Security in retirement, you no longer work, now you have Medicare, how do you pay those premiums? Well, the government's going to make sure they take it out of your Social Security benefits before your check hits your checking account. They're going to get paid. Okay. Um what I mean, in general, these things, uh, Medicare covers about 80% of the bill and 20% is yours. But a lot of people go ahead and get that med, uh, Medicare supplement. It's called MedSup for short. They get a supplement from a third party and they cover that 20% that is normally not covered. Okay, that brings us to Medicare Part D. And again, this is on Medicare.gov. If you, uh, this is also known as the drug or prescription coverage. So plans cover a wide variety of those prescription drugs. And uh, folks, when you get older and you've got squishy parts inside, you've got different ailments, you're, you're taking meds, right? Uh, everybody repeat after me, atorvastatin. No, I'm kidding. It's atorvastatin. That's vocabulary word of the day, kids, atorvastatin. There's a teacher who takes care of some uh, aging parents, right? Right, atorvastatin on the board 20 times. So there are protected classes of, of certain drugs that treat HIV and AIDS That's that most plans do cover. A, the plan's list of covered drugs is called a formulary. So it's a list of drugs that it covers called a formulary. So if you get a drug and it's pre prescribed to you and it's not on the formulary, you have to check out some stuff. Part D plans have drug tiers. 
this tier, this tier, this tier covered at certain levels. So lower tier drugs cost less than higher tier drugs. It, how do you know you have a higher tier drug? Well, if there's only one option as a brand name, you have a higher tier drug, right? What do you pay for in Part D? You do pay for a premium, yearly deductibles, co-pays and co-insurance, uh, coverage gap cost. That's that Medicap uh, coverage cost, help cost, extra help cost, and late enrollment penalties, uh, the, which may be permanently added to your premium. So uh, why would you pay a late enrollment penalty if you don't enroll in Part D during your initial enrollment period, there are 63 days or more where you don't have Medicare drug coverage or other credible prescription drug coverage. You want to make sure that you pay attention to these enrollment periods and make sure you do it on time. So we mentioned Medigap, uh, MedSup, supplement insurance versus what you might see on television, which is the Medicare Advantage plans. These types of insurance are designed to fill gaps in Part A and Part B plans. You can't have both, and that's a can't, not a can't, it's a can't have both, uh, both of the uh, Medigap and Medicare Advantage at the same time. 48% of beneficiaries pay for Part D coverage, and this comes from Investopia, and the, that data point there. So Medicare plus Medigap, now you got it covered. So it could be more expensive than other plans. It covers hospitals and doctors that accept Medicare and no need for prior authorization or referral from your primary doctor, which is really cool. So covered, it gets coverage anywhere in the US, which is great for people who often travel, you know, so don't have to worry about that because some private plans are not okay with that if you travel. And it's good for people who have specific doctors or hospitals they want to use. When you come to the Medicare Advantage, just right before here, we covered Medicare and Medigap. Now we're covering Medicare uh, Advantage, and those are the ones you see on television. It's also known as Part C. We'll either have no premium or a lower premium than Medigap plan. Medicare Advantage plans cover hospitals and doctors and often include prescription drug and other coverage, other benefits and things not included in parts A and B. You might hear um, Joe Namath or a Kid Dynamite on television that says, even rides to doctors, you know, uh, and then they say, I searched my zip code and I got money back into my social security, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, check it out, folks. Really be careful. There's a reason why they are advertising this to you. Okay. Medicare Advantage operates as a HMO, a health maintenance organization, and limit people who are covered by this plan to doctors and hospitals. What's an HMO do? It's a network. So you've got to get the services within your network. Okay. So we covered the Medicare and the part and unpack that. And for those of you who are not 65, that might've been a lot to, to sit through. And you're, you're trying to catch it and go, well, how does that work for me? Or how does that work for dad? Or what does mom and dad have? Or what does grandma and grandpa have? You know, and do they have it right? Um, frankly, guys, for the younger generation who might be listening to this show and driving in their cars, your, your older parents could be quite confused on this, not do their enrollment during that period, not have the best coverage. How do you know you don't have the best coverage? When there's a service that you need and it doesn't work with your plan, that's how you know you may not have the, the best one. And different plans cover different benefits to that. Okay, smart care. What, what is smart care? In retirement, we're going we're gonna to unpack that a little bit. Um, more than two thirds of all Americans will require some sort of long term care or assisted living during the retirement years. That's a stat that I used in our last show. Uh, in general, the source for that is a Genwer study, but it's on a lot of other ones. And, it, and this says two thirds. And generally, I think I've quoted maybe 70% of us will need long-term care, whether you agree with that or not. Statistically and from the research, that's what it says. How can you plan to handle the exorbitant cost of long-term care and assisted living? What I mean by exorbitant cost at long-term care, when we do projections, when we're talking about people who might be younger, 
the exorbitant definition is an astronomical amount of money, tens of thousands of dollars per month. When you're talking about older folks, it's not as many tens of thousands, but it could be 10,000, 14,000, 15,000, 16,000. And sometimes it's a heck of a lot. What I tend to say when I look and I talk about long-term care, because it's a, it's a bit of a morbid and yucky uh, conversation with folks, but it is a cornerstone of estate planning and financial planning these days. We are living longer, whether you want to or not. And, you know, I, I said in a previous show, I said that dementia is nearing epidemic um, proportions. And I look that up. And it is about, there is a new case of dementia globally about every three seconds. And then I was like, I'm sorry, I was wrong in what I said, because it just doesn't do it justice. It's beyond epidemic. So you may think, oh, I don't want long-term care. And you think you're one of those folks that won't need it. And you say, hey, honey, like I say, just take me on the highway and tell me to go jogging, you know, at that age, you know, I don't need long-term care. There, uh, in these memory care facilities, there are a lot of men that just forgot that they said something like that. They have dementia. Okay. So from that same Genworth study that I mentioned, and it's a 2021 study from Genworth, the average hourly rate for home health uh, was $27, uh, $27 an hour or $61,776 annually. That's a lot of money. And if you don't have that money, what are you going to do? You become a ward of the state and you're in the Medicaid program and you will not like where you they put you. So it's better to have these plans ahead of time. The annual median cost for a private room in a nursing home is $108,405. The annual median cost for an assisted living, so not, not nursing home, but assisted living is $54,000 with monthly rates ranging from $3,000 in Missouri, more affordable, to $6,978 uh, monthly in the District of Columbia. So it does depend what state you're in, the more affordable states. By the way, top of mind, Alaska, New York, California are some of the highest. Okay, that came right off the top of my mind there. Uh, overall cost of care increased from 2020 to 2021. Why? Increased usage of PPE, that's the preventative care, uh, the outfits they wear, the mask and things that were so hard to get. Um, by healthcare professionals and enhanced training protocols and medical facilities due to COVID-19, as we saw, uh, that's one of the reasons. And, um, you know, that represents a small portion of the 2021 increases, but expected to dissipate over time. However, medical costs do increase uh, and they have an inflation rate over time. The main driver really is supply and demand and we're living longer and medical costs. Every day until 20. 30, 10,000 baby boomers return 65 and seven out of 10 will require long-term care at some point. How do you like that? Again, for you compliance people out there, that is from the 20, uh, 21 Genworth study. There are high turnover rates and insufficient supply of professional medical professionals to meet the growing long-term care demand. Um, and around, you know, COVID-19 pandemic, you know, but hopefully now they're it's it's even amplified um, actually by exposure risk and opportunities and more competitive salaries. Just try to get a specialist appointment. It's a tough deal. And if you're dealing with the doctors and appointments for your aging parents, you know this is true. So uh, the main takeaways here is Medicare does not cover long-term care needs. That's a common misperception. Medicare, the government insurance program will not cover long-term care needs. So life insurance policies, annuities offer benefits to those needing nursing, uh, assisted living, or other long-term care situation. It's interesting, as I remember, even though those stats come from Genworth, I remember Genworth kind of walking away from the long-term care market at some point going, the costs are just too expensive. So there are long-term care policies out there. Actually, when it comes to long-term care uh, in, in our own practice here, we deal with a specialist in this area who uh, shops policies nationally for people. And the other deal is, what if you didn't do your planning? What if you didn't do your long-term care plan? It's not part of your plan. And here you are, let's say you're 73 years old and you do not have a long-term care policy. What are the options for you? There are options for you that don't require certain things that the long-term care uh, conventional policies do. And there's ways around that, but it's not available for everyone. 
So assisting assisted living care, and that, that's not long-term care, assisted living care is 2.7 times more expensive than adult day healthcare, daycare. So if you're concerned about it all, about the care that you may need, and by the way, um, husbands, wives, just think about this. Women on average statistically live longer than men. At some point, you've got to, you've, I mean, if you're going to do your job, men, for your family and your wives, you're going to have to talk about this. You don't want to talk about it. Rationalize money-wise, you don't want to talk about it. Because if you don't, statistically, I'm going to tell you right now, is the geographically closest uh, female child that will then end up caring for one of you. And that daughter is going to put her hopes, dreams, and aspirations uh, raising her family on hold and maybe become as sick or sicker than, than the person she's taking care of. And it's just not fair. So do, do your job, guys. Ask yourself these questions. Talk to somebody uh, about long-term care. Call us up and at least get, in, get informed and get educated on the cost and the situation, what the options are. Okay, so we're going to wrap up this segment here um, on on smart care, and I'm going to ask you to come back here and join us. We're going to talk about smart reinvesting and what that is. Is this something that's right for you? Uh, during the break, please log on to our website, retirementunbroken.com. Look at that uh, complimentary consultation. Get our phone number, 858-521-9700, and give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer. All right, welcome back from the break. This is the Retirement Unbroken Radio Show and Podcast, and I'm Merritt Strunk. And boy, we have had a information and data-packed uh, show here. Um, next, we're going to be talking about smart reinvesting. There's some folks right now, who, particularly right now, given the situation where we've got the high rates and the market is haywire and uh, folks are like, well, what if I have conservative money that I want to put on the side and not risk? There are some ways that can happen. And also, you know, what are some of the other uh, methods or strategies you can put to work with the market situation? So a lot of retirees don't reinvest the money they receive, but it might be something that they should do. You've got to be careful to make sure that you don't run out of money. Uh, that feels like I'm stating the obvious, doesn't it? <laughs> you do not run or want to run out of money. It's one of the worst things. Matter of fact, there was a research study a long time ago that said seniors fear running out of money during their lifetime more than death. You may not be advised to put all your money into your checking account and then to spend it. Put it in net regular savings. It's nice to look at. It's pretty and it's, you know, it's your baby. It's, it's just gorgeous. But uh, with inflation, the way it's happening right now, it's actually going backwards in, in value, isn't it? So if we've got 8.3% inflation and you've got uh, a bunch of money sitting in your savings account because you don't want to put it at risk and it's actually going backwards in value right now due to the high inflation. So all we're saying here is, is are, are there ways to, to make sure that your hard-earned money is working hard for you? Okay, so consider reinvesting into a taxable account for tactical asset allocation. We're, we've talked before, matter of fact, I think it might've been in our last show about what a tactically managed portfolio would be. So in doing that, you also have to be careful that you don't expose yourself to short-term capital gains. If things go bad, we got to get out because we're protecting your wealth. And uh, now you may get a short term capital gains in doing that. And if you're rebalancing all the time, you know, if you do it yourself, you can you can run into that situation. So you might be better advised maybe just to rebalance uh, once a year and that'll put you in a better spot. Um, so putting money into checking savings or a CD is feeling a lot more like melting ice scenario. There are, uh, there are an, there is an animal, not an R, it's an, is an animal. Uh, the acronym is MYGA, M-Y-G-A, uh, G-A. It is a multi-year guarantee annuity. 
and these are short term. And think of it as a, a CD, very CD like, except you don't have the FDIC um, insurance. The uh, safety of that is guaranteed by the carrier that that carries that policy. So, just imagine, say, five year a five year MIGA or a uh, short term FIA or a three-year MICA, you put money away much like a CD, it's growing at a compound rate that's guaranteed. So a lot of people don't know these. I always say when people are interested in something like this and they want this as a part of their portfolio, it's like, let me explain it to you with simple visuals. Yes, not only the math and the and the forecast, but I, I like this. I heard this the other day, Matt. And, and I truly... I truly believe this. And and so so when I'm getting exposed to new concepts and things, um, I say, explain it to me like I was a Labrador retriever that speaks only Spanish. <laughs> and if, really I can understand, <laughs> if I can understand that, I think everybody else can too. So the, the main takeaway here, I think, is that uh, when it becomes money you don't want to put in the market during crazy times, there are other options there and there are pros and cons to each one. And really, we'd have to calculate it out with math and prove the pros and cons to you. So, so um, yes, the market is uh, a little crazy right now. Yes, inflation needs to get under control. Yes, uh, that you need to understand your Medicare is that we covered earlier in the show. And now there are some more conservative options for your money that have market upside potential that can get some compound rates of interest. So this was a show that was full, full, full of information. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Merritt Strunk, and this is the Retirement Unbroken radio show and podcast. Um, as normal, check in with us at 1 p.m. on Saturdays on 1170 a.m. and 96.1 FM, and we'll see you the next show. Thanks for listening to Your Retirement Unbroken. You deserve to work with an experienced and licensed expert who will strategically work to protect and grow your hard-earned assets. To schedule your complimentary no-obligation consultation with Merit, visit retirementunbroken.com or pick up the phone and call 858-521-9700. That's 858-521-9700. Advisory services are offered through Momentum Financial and Insurance Services, LLC, an investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through Merritt Strunk, an independent agent, California license number 0L7510. Certified financial fiduciary is a FINRA-recognized professional certification.